My name is Chen Li. I'm the director of the China Center and a senior fellow in the Foreign Policy Program at the Brookings Institution. I have recently written a book entitled Middle Class Shanghai, Reshaping U.S.-China Engagement, published by Brookings Press. To share the main thesis of the book, I would like to address two simple questions. Why this topic and why now? First, why this topic? Ernest Hemingway once wrote, I quote, if we are lucky enough to have lived in Paris as a young man, then wherever you go for the rest of your life, it'll stay with you. For Paris is a movable feast. My life has also been a movable feast, although my feast began in a city known in some quarters as the Paris of the East. I was born and raised in Shanghai. In that city, I experienced both the dark era of the Red Terror during the Cultural Revolution as a young boy, and the happier and the more promising times of Deng Xiaoping's economic reform and the opening up in the early 1980s as a college student. As an analyst of China, as an American think tank, I believe that among the many forces shaping China's domestic transformation and its role on the world stage, none may prove more significant than the rapid emergence and the explosive growth of the Chinese middle class. At the center of this story uh, in China is the city of Shanghai, the cradle of the Chinese middle class. My study of Shanghai reflects an overall theme. Shanghai is not a monolithic entity, and certainly China is not either. Middle-class Shanghai reveals China's unsettled future because it embodies what I call two tales of a city. Shanghai was, is, and will be paradoxical. Historically, Shanghai was the most westernized Chinese city, but it was also the birthplace of the Chinese Communist Party and the center of Maoist radicalism during the Cultural Revolution. We, presently, Shanghai is often regarded as a frontier city of market reforms, opening up as, and the cosmopolitanism. But at the same time, the city is also seen as the so-called head of dragon in China's industrial policy and the state capitalism. For the future, Shanghai can serve as the vanguard of the, of the middle class worldly voices, views, and values. Yet, this city may increasingly become the showcase of China's growing nationalism and mercantilist global outreach. We should place Shanghai's future and China's future in an ever-changing domestic and international context. It is neither predetermined nor stagnant. Now, this leads me to the second question. Why now? Unfortunately, the ongoing policy and the political discourse on China in the United States today disproportionately focus on Beijing, on the Chinese authoritarian system, on the so-called China threat, and on the fatalistic view that often treats the most populous country in the world in a monolithic way. A study of Shanghai, and especially its dynamic middle class, I hope, can challenge this narrative and broaden our perspectives and policy choices. 
The thesis of my book runs contrary to the prevailing views in Washington regarding the failure of U.S. engagement policy toward China. There are several main com uh, components of these negative views. For example, viewing China with no distinction between state and society, viewing the Chinese middle class as the political ally of the party state without recognizing the dynamism and diversity of this new socioeconomic force and its transitory political role. The book argues that this is, it is premature to announce that the U.S. engagement policy with China under the eight presidents prior to Donald Trump has failed. Abandoning the engagement policy will likely enhance the risk of military conflict and even war. My book provides a comprehensive case illustrating that the world's two largest middle-class countries can find a new way to reshape U.S.-China engagement. Thank you very much.